And I was just listening to Serbian violin music the other day. So, oh. well, Lonnie, fucking duh. Jesus. I don't know where Serbia is, though. Is uh, that if, Eastern European? <laughs> yeah, it's Southeastern. I've been there. Beograd's a oh. lovely city. I snuck, I snuck my way into the zoo one day. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I just kind of like wandered around the castle. <laughs> the zoo's in the castle, which is, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just kind of wandering around the castle, and all of a sudden I was inside the zoo without paying. And I was like, all right. Oh, man. That was just like a nice little, just like we played pretend for a second that, you know, we weren't doing this podcast about <laughs> this about this album. <laughs> what a nice little fantasy we had oh, there for a second. Good. Oh, man. Remember how those old good memories from back when I wasn't doing this podcast about this album. <laughs> Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set, a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt, and we're still talking about Garth Brooks we're for the foreseeable future. Talking. Cameron, he's got 10 studio albums. How do you ten. feel? 10. How do you feel uh, about talking about this motherfucker for seven more weeks? So at the end of last week, I would have felt pretty good about it because... I had a pretty good time listening to last week's album, um, even though there were some little bummers in there, but like, there's just like a lot of fun stuff to react to, even the things that didn't work. Like so, some of his songs are like really good and some of them sort of like play like, you know, a fun, bad movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but after... After this week, after listening to Roping in the Wind, Not I... Roping in the Wind. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Roping the Wind. Roping the Wind. Uh, what an apt title. I feel like that's yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what this this album is. I, uh, this is the least I've had to say about any, about any album. That's... And I'm a little concerned. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I'm concerned this podcast is going to be 10 minutes long and we're just going to be like, this song's terrible. Next song's terrible. The song after yeah. that is really bad. Who cares? Who cares? Who yeah. cares? Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got a few notes that we can go through. Um, right. Before we get to Rope in the Wind with its fun little apostrophe replacing the G of roping. Uh, <laughs> and for some reason. So the, colloquial. Uh, right? He's such a cowboy. The O uh. In Rope in the Wind on the cover is a different color than the rest of the title. Oh. Also, what is up with this cover? It's so fucking whack. He's got... Uh, the fuck is that, like, black and blue striped number that Garth is wearing? You see that? Oh, my God. This is my first time looking at it, actually. Um, yeah, look at that. It's like a ref... It's like a blue referee shirt. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Or like um, a uh, convict... Is, old timey convict is Garth is Garth swole like is he diesel what's the deal no he's like kind of he's a chubster I mean he is now anyway okay but like in this picture uh, he looks kind of like he looks like he has like a little bit of definition under there like uh, he's filling it out yeah it could be I mean he looks good but wow what a misguided decision to like have this shirt this blue shirt mm-hmm. against a blue, a blue sky. sky. Yeah. How oh, just bizarre. wait till you see the the uh, cover for the next album. 
Oh, it's even better. Oh, man. I'm going to wait. I'm going to save it. In fact, they're all just so, so good. Like the next several until around (laughs) 1997. Even 1997 isn't great. Yeah. Anyway, before we get to Roping in the Wind, I have a few more things to say as follow-up. One is about the bonus tracks on the albums. Okay. We we left off the bonus track of the self-titled album. I I don't think I even listened to it, but we covered the bonus track of the album No Fences. And let's see. Shit. What was that one called? Do you remember? Oh, it was This Ain't Tennessee. That was the one? Oh, man, what a dumb song. It was so bad. It's also really, really bad on this album. Did you listen to it? Uh, I think I did, but I don't even remember. I just listened to it like, I don't know, a week ago, and I didn't bother listening again. It's called Which One of Them, and it's really, really bad. It's basically just an album about a guy who is pining away for some girl, so he just fucks randos that he meets in bars oh as my a kind God. of like stand-in for I the girl he's pining for. I do remember that one. Man, Isn't I kind of think we should talk about that one. You think so? I mean... I mean, we could slip it in, <laughs> so to speak. It... That was one of the most engaging songs because it was so dark. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't know. We'll we'll get to it when we get to it, if we okay. do. But. I might not be as prepared for that one. We could maybe okay. uh, put it in at the end if we have time. Right. <laughs> put it in the end. All right. <laughs> okay. One more thing. Okay. We need to talk about fucking D. Wayne Blackwell. All right. And I was looking at the credits for some of these albums, and... D. Wayne Blackwell does not appear on Rope in the Wind. However, okay. D. Wayne Blackwell wrote the song Mr. Blue in 1959. Oh. Yeah. So that's pretty dope. And D. Wayne Blackwell wrote Nobody Gets Off in This Town, which oh. is by far the best song of the self-titled album. And, and, and D. Wayne Blackwell wrote Friends in Low Places. Oh. Interesting. This, this dude is so good. And so I, all of our all of our favorite songs. Yeah, he wrote all of our favorite songs from um, Garth Brooks albums. Yes, from Garth Brooks albums. <laughs> That's a necessary qualifier. Okay. Um, awesome. I don't know how involved he was in the music because the music of those songs are great too. Um, yeah. But I thought it was super cool that he he wrote the he wrote a song for the Fleetwoods back in 1959, and he was still working in the early 90s writing Garth Brooks's best songs. Awesome. Cool. I, I, yeah, we should like continue. We should dig that guy up a little more. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he appears on some of the next Garth Brooks's albums. Boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> Save us. Save us, Dwayne, Dwayne Blackwell. Where did you go? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's get down to brass tacks. Uh, fuck. I, I tried to have some sort of segue from brass tacks into rope in the wind. Those are incompatible idiots. It can't be done. <laughs> Colloquialisms that cannot be meshed. That that should be the name of this album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work too. That'll go over real well with uh, Garth Brooks's uh, country self-identifying redneck fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of fans, this album sold 4 million copies as a pre-order which set wow. records for country music. Um, in total, it has sold 17 million copies. I bet people were hype 
Yeah. After, After No, no fences. fences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also I said that No Fences also sold 17 million copies, which right. is true. But apparently Rope of the Wind is on the lower end of 17 million and No Fences is on the higher end because Wikipedia says No Fences still sold more copies. Um, so, Cameron, what else happened in 1991? Uh, the Soviet Union ceases to exist and Boris Yeltsin is elected. Um, the Dead Sea Scrolls are unveiled do you i don't know what the dead sea scrolls are do you know what those are uh god you're putting me on the spot here but they are scrolls of the essenes which was a sect of uh hebrews <laughs> what <laughs> why are you laughing at me oh you're putting me on the spot like just and then you just start name dropping ancient peoples <laughs> well let me show off here a little bit uh Crack knuckles. Uh, okay, a scenes. Let's get down to a scenes. Okay, so there were this group of. Uh, it was a sect of Hebrews uh, around the turn of the. I was going to say the turn of the millennium, but I was. <laughs> I should more properly say, around the the life of Christ, and they had some sort of. It was like a hermetic sect, and so okay. they lived in these caves, and I think that was what preserved the Dead Sea Scrolls. Huh. Um, and they're important because. They helped, um, if I remember right, I could be completely wrong, but if I remember right, they uh, authenticated some parts of the Bible, but also included some of things that would be considered apocrypha. Mm. And so it was kind of a mixed bag for um, conservative Christians. Interesting. Yeah. Was there anything sexy in there? Oh, I think, I mean, well, the book of like, uh, like Ruth. Jesus, like Jesus having, having a lady or something? Or a fella. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, Freddie Mercury announces he has AIDS a day before he dies. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess 1991 is not really... Yeah. A, people didn't really know much about it. And it. I think, right. if I remember right, it has like a massive social stigma at that point. I'm sure. Uh, 70 tornadoes kill 17 people in the U.S. in 1991. I don't know what the normal numbers are. It seems like a lot. It seems like too many tornadoes. It seems like a lot of tornadoes, but not that many people killed, maybe? Right. Uh, Mike Tyson is arrested and charged with raping Desiree Washington. I wonder if um, anything came of that. I I don't actually know. I didn't. I know he's a controversial figure, but I only really knew about the, the ear business. Right. Um, obviously, that's way less important than this. Right. <laughs> Um, first web browser is released by Tim Berners-Lee. First version of Linux is released. And, uh, two big, uh, pop culture, I almost said pylons. Touchstones? I guess, uh, touchstones. <laughs> Nirvana's Nevermind is released. And T2, Terminator 2, Judgment Day is released. Nirvana's Nevermind is a pylon if I've ever known one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to watch T2 every Thanksgiving at my great aunt's house because she had a massive satellite dish. I don't think I've ever seen it. Really? Yeah. People really like it. Yeah, I remember liking it when I was a little kid. Yeah. I don't know if it's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we're just we're just stalling. We're just stalling because we don't <laughs> want to talk about this goddamn album. Oh, uh, boy. Okay, I have a few general thoughts. Oh, this is a fact that I hadn't. Uh, talked about earlier rope in the wind is the first country album to debut at number one on the billboard 200 and i think yeah. that's for all genres 
Right. So sold a lot of copies. Um, I doubt <laughs> Entertainment Weekly gave it a C plus. Um, huh. But Robert Kreisgau gave it a minus. So some mixed critical reception. Right. Um, I also want to point out that several songs on this album are written by women, which is huh. unusual for Garth. Um, oh, man. It's too bad. Are you, the songs are, you gonna are so point bad. Those out? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Burning Bridges. Uh, uh, <laughs> we, uh, In Lonesome Dove and The River are all written really? by women. Yeah. I believe the last one totally. Yeah. Um, but... I, that what that's kind of like a weird stereotypical thing to say, um, but like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that totally enforces my paradigms of women songwriters in the early nineties patriarchal <laughs> paradigms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm really that's really interesting that in Lonesome Dove was written by a woman, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that later. Yeah, I guess. Um, as a as a neat fact, Wolves was the first Garth song written by a woman. So he had huh. one song from No Fences and three songs from Rope in the Wind. Mm. So I guess we can start talking about the songs now. Cameron, <sighs> lead us off with Against the Grain. Nothing venture, nothing gain. Sometimes you got to go against the grain. Okay. So you know how folks call me a maverick? I do know that. Just like Sarah and Palin and John McCain. I, it's just me, Sarah Palin, and John McCain, all just mavericking around. Yeah. Um, also, you know how I'm not very diplomatic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, I just, and that yeah. rebel blood that's in your veins. Folks call me maverick. Yes, I ain't too diplomatic. I just never been the kind to go along. Yeah, so this song really spoke to me <laughs> against the grain um, because of like how much of a stinker I am. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go in for that politically correct shit. He says what's on his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's basically the song. Um, it's very, it's very vague, uh, and the basically it's about going against the grain because sometimes you've got to go against the grain uh and you just gotta like tickle a tickle a left turn on everybody and like even though everyone else is saying to do something or to think one way you gotta just like be a maverick i mean you gotta zag on them it's still 20 serpentine yeah (laughs) thank you mcelroy's yes um yeah, that's that's what the song is. And I think it's interesting because like because it doesn't have any specifics about like what kind of values you should uphold. You can kind of project whatever you want onto it. Yep. Um however, which uh you <laughs> that it doesn't have any specific values, but it does name drop Christopher Columbus. Uh yeah. And rebels. <laughs> Rebel blood that uh Garth Brooks has. And I have written in my notes, we don't have to address here how big a piece of shit Columbus was, but it's true. We also don't have to address how big a piece of shit those rebels were that Brooks glorifies. Is that referring to the South? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I didn't even catch that. I just thought it was, I just thought it was lowercase rebel because on AZ lyrics, it's lowercase rebel. (laughs) (laughs) 
okay, so that's like all right, so this is ping in the pander meter then. Um because oh, there's I think it's the biggest ping on the pander meter. Yeah. Uh, Let's give it a good seven then. Um because I was say eight or maybe ten. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not to quibble or anything. I'm burping. Oh good. That's good podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Well uh, uh, I had to drink my caffeinated tea so I could get all hype yeah. to talk about Get hyped. <laughs> roping in the wind. Yeah. Um Wait, hold hold on. Okay. Uh I I really, really hate this song lyrically because it is so pandering. There's nothing to the song except pandering. Uh but yep. it's not fun or self aware like a song like Friends in Low Places. Which yep. is just I mean, really fun. Um however, as much as I hate this song lyrically, musically it's so cool. Yeah, dude. This might be my favorite musical uh song of of like my favorite song of uh garth brooks's musically speaking yeah it's so Pro- good probably probably up there uh so this is like it's not a bluegrass song well it's not a bluegrass instrumentation but it's like basically a bluegrass song mm-hmm. like it's set up it's super fast um it's like a double time um there's like a bunch of super hot solos um electric guitar to fiddle to dobro yeah Um, the dobro solo is like uh, so good it's so good it was it's recorded really really well and uh there's some really good background vocals too yeah it's it's a really really good like song musically (laughs) Yeah. And like if I uh wanted my bias to be confirmed about my <laughs> Maverick nature, which I do, this song would like really do it for me. Um Yeah. Yeah, there's there's this one part uh where in the guitar solo he plays all these like harmonics and it's just like super fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just like it a lot to the extent that I barely even like notice the problematic stuff when I first listened to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another one. Go busting in like old John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> I I read a uh, like a quote recently from John Wayne where he's like, I guess you could say I'm a white supremacist. Oh, like yeah. he's I think he says that Whoa. like Doesn't as John me. Wayne. <laughs> uh, All right. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Oh, good. Go for it. OK. Oh, oh, man. Uh Oh, this is. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, it's not like those rebels or Columbus weren't white supremacists. Okay, here it is. Oh, man, this is such... This is a trigger warning. With a lot of blacks, there's quite a bit of resentment along with their descent, and possibly rightfully so, but we can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. Ooh, man. The worst part is he probably thought he was being progressive. Yeah, like the way he worded it. That's That was in Playboy. He did a Playboy uh. interview. <laughs> yeah. All right. So against the grain, super hot instrumental, probably my favorite music of any Garth Brooks song. And, uh, yeah, some of the most problematic lyrics. Yeah. 
Um, uh, also, uh, the the whole like old Noah. Um, where is it? Old Noah took much ridicule ridicule for building his great ark, but after forty days and forty nights, he was looking pretty smart. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the I think only two religious uh, references in the entire album. Yeah, in the entire album. Yeah, yeah, which is super different from the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the last one was lousy with God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Next song. A Stevie Wonder song. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what? What what does that mean? Uh it starts off with like a super hot like Wurlitzer hook. Mm-hmm. Even d- despite the content. Yeah. Yeah, he he definitely like draws from different genres throughout the different songs on this album. Um which I appreciate him doing that uh, to an extent. Uh this song is called Rodeo and that's it. It's basically just a description of a rodeo. Um yeah. I mean the ver- the chorus is that there's sort of a story going on in the verses. Uh a woman tending to a wounded rodeo cowboy who loves rodeo more than he loves her. Does that sound familiar? Yep. And then the chorus is just a description of a rodeo from the writer's point of view. It's structured really strangely because the, the last line of every chorus is, and they call the thing rodeo. Uh, yes. As if he's just like submitting a dictionary definition or something, or like explaining to an alien that came down from space, like, what is this radio thing that you human beings do? <laughs> yep. Um, so that's my synopsis. What do you think of this song, Cameron? Uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, it's pretty different from the last song just because it's super groove based and there's no. There's like not really a lot of melody, mm-hmm. especially in the instruments. Um, I kind of like the the rhythm of like the singing mm-hmm. and like, you know, the Wurlitzer groove is like pretty good. And uh, yeah, the rhymes are pretty tight. Uh-huh. It's interesting. You, you call it the Wurlitzer vibe or the Wurlitzer licks because I wrote in my notes. It's almost like a soul music vibe with that like uh, electric yeah. organ. Yeah, totally. Electric Oregon is my favorite uh, website. <laughs> um, this is the first. There's a couple like moments in every Garth Brooks album so far, in both Garth, Garth Brooks albums so far, where um, you know he introduces an idea but doesn't necessarily like lay it on thick. And in this one, he's like, "No, like, no, I want to." I want to fuck a rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like he, he just really goes for uh, it. He's just like, gotta get my wiener up in that rodeo. <laughs> uh, it's just like a re- recursive bronc situation. Yeah. Oh, he, there's another mention of the Bronx, which is, I guess it's gotta be Garth's <laughs> favorite New York borough. Very good. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing of the lyrics in the chorus there's a line where he says, it's boots and chaps, it's cowboy hats, it's spurs and latigo. Yeah, what's that? 
well, I first heard it as Let It Go. Which, That's what I thought. Yeah, which was um, sort of work, I guess. But then he talks about ropes and reins in the very next line, which would have been a little strange. Uh, Latigo is a type of tough, heavy leather, which is incidentally my first or my favorite village people song. <laughs> and Latigo is often used for tack and saddles and other like horse riding applications. Hmm. Good. Good jargon, Garth. Yeah. I like yeah. it. That's a good poll, Garth. Yeah. It'll drive a cowboy crazy. It'll drive the man insane. Mm-hmm. And he'll sell off everything he owns just to just to pay to play the game. And just to get his, his wiener in that rodeo. I just, just want to fuck a rodeo. <laughs> just got to fuck that rodeo. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Oh, and the very end of the song, he goes, oh. call the thing rodeo. Wow, wow. He does a... He does a Backstreet Boys yeah, thing. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. He's he's just having fun with it. <laughs> yeah, it's not a super fun song. I mean, the the verses are kind of depressing. Uh, yeah, and oh, you know what? Something that's cool about this song musically is that um. In the verses, it has like every line has an extended um, length. Like there's like it's not squared off in the in the number of measures. And I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. What do you mean by that? Can you explain? Uh, So like a normal a normal pop song will have like four measures of four beats Mm -hmm. and then like multiples of four after that. Um, But this one. I'd have to count it again, but I think it was like six or something. His eyes are cold and restless. His wounds have almost healed. And she'd give half a Texas just to change the way he well, She knows his love's and It's like, it was kind of cool. I, I kind of yeah. liked that musically. There's like a little resting point b- between each of the lines where there is no like you know, soloing over it, but it was just like a little like swell in the groove. Mm. And then we go back in. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that songwriting of it. I thought it was a little more engaging mm-hmm. than like a lot of his other songs. Also, this is a super high energy, not very fast song. Yeah. That's an interesting point. It's and I not like that. easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What she's doing now, Cam, take it away. Why do I have to talk about this song? Because okay. we're trading um, off. <laughs> you got to talk about against the grain. You're right. Just what she's doing now is tearing me apart, filling up my mind and emptying my heart. I can hear her call each time the cold wind blows, and I wonder if the Garth's girlfriend or lover or whatever. Uh, or person of interest. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite but, show. Yeah. Um, last he heard, she moved to Boulder. She doesn't. He doesn't know what she's doing now. But around this time of year, Boulder. I hardly knew her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he misses her, and he wonders what she's doing now. No, wait. He knows what she's doing now. She's tearing me apart. You are tearing me apart. But she doesn't know what she's doing now. No. Yeah. So, like, that's the main device is, I wonder what she's doing now. 
I know what she's doing now. She's tearing me apart. Yeah. He does like and, a, a super long pause where he's like, I wonder if she knows what she's doing now. Yeah. Which is kind of presumptuous at best. Blows, and I wonder if she knows what she's doing now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very self-focused song about the way that this other the the way this woman is affecting him. Um there's some like uh, there's some kind of like interesting parts in this. Um there's this part where I kind of like the storytelling in mm-hmm. the second verse just for laughs. I dialed her old number but no one knew her name. Hung up the phone, sat there and wondered if she'd ever done the same. Mhm. I I kind of thought that was like an interesting like little storytelling lyric. I totally I agree. Like that moment. I actually wrote that in my notes as like, these are not half bad lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. Um, I kind of liked, uh, this is a very simple thing, but filling up my mind and empty in my heart. Hmm. It's like, I, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good lyric. Yeah. I, I said something last week about like, it was a similar line, but it was like up and down mm-hmm. and you're like up and down, huh? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess it's not that great, but <laughs> It's just like, I don't know, it it was, it's not a throwaway line. Right. There's like some intention into like the, the construction. Right. Which is more than you can say for some of the songs on this album. And yeah. to be fair, a lot of lyrics from many other artists, you know, don't even have those little moments. It's true. Yeah. There's still some like little gasps in this album. And I feel like in this song, which I mostly don't care about, there's some like kind of good, good moments. Um... Where's this lyric? Uh, I can hear her each time the cold wind blows on the word time. There's like kind of a cool chord. What makes it a cool chord? I think it's a minor three chord. I, I don't remember, mm. um, but it's like, you know, it's just like a not not one of the quote unquote cowboy chords. Mm, not one, four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Or even six. Mm. It's, a, it's a minor three. Mm-hmm. It's in the key signature. It's not wild, but it's kind of a nice moment. I like it. Yeah. More more or less. Yeah. I mean, mostly the issue is that like, ah, I, just, I don't care. Yeah. I, it was at this song that I, my hopes were kind of plummeting for this album. Yeah. I just, ah, man, I'm getting real tired of Garth's shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think this song was one of the ones that contributed to breaking me. It's one of the straws on the camel's back. He's really, he's really burning bridges with you. Oh God. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk about that fucking song next. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yet another slow looking back ballad and it's like fucking come on Garth. He's making it seem like he's just got like one or two tricks that he keeps doing over and over again, which I know is not true because he has great songs, like all the ones written by Dwayne Blackwell that we called out earlier. Um, I mean, this song even has like the cheesy key change, like so many of his slow ballads. It's just, it's so dull yeah, and solipsistic. No, not a fan. And it has a really long fade out really padding the length of this album, mm-hmm. which also Rodeo has. Yeah. Um, There's some weird yeah. enders on this album, just like No Fence has had. 
All right. Do you want to describe Burning Bridges? What what happens in the song? Oh god. What's what's the story? Tell oh, us a story, god. Nathan. Burning bridges, one by one. What I'm doing can't be undone. The story of this song is that the metaphor that has appeared on each Garf album finally <laughs> gets its own song, and it's not clever. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, hey, let's burn an actual bridge. <laughs> let's burn a bridge of goodwill and trust from our listeners. Um, it's a song about a man who can't help himself. He just abandons women left and right. There are a few half-hearted attempts to flesh out the metaphor, like the lines, now through the flames I see her standing on the other side, which, you know, is like a, a little bit more painting a literal picture of the metaphor. Yeah. But it's just... <laughs> It's just not a good song. It's not clever. It's it's it feels like I don't know, very trod ground. Um yep. I feel like Garth has written or sang a really similar song or <laughs> many times. Um and the the singer or the character who's singing just earns zero sympathy, has no charisma. Um he has these lines I'm always hoping someday I'm going to stop this running around. But every time the chance comes up, another bridge goes down. I'm just such a motherfucker. Yeah. It just <laughs> feels like the worst self-pitying, self-indulgent bullshit. Uh, what if this is, yeah, what if this is just very literally about like a serial arsonist? <laughs> I think I'd like that a lot more. <laughs> that would be so much better. And you just can't keep a relationship going because he's just like. No, no, it's not even a relationship. It's a woman detective who's just chasing him around. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i can't i i can't get it up without without burning bridges <laughs> without burning literal bridges but i can't keep my relationships intact if i keep burning all these bridges <laughs> the way i'm burning these bridges is really burning my bridges <laughs> oh jesus that song would be so much better than this song oh boy <laughs> yeah um there's there's some really bad emo lyrics uh, including the couplet that I call out specifically, like ashes on the water, I drift away in sorrow. Oh, it's so bad and emo. <sighs> yeah, your turn. What do you think? All right, about this one. Yeah, I mean, um, unless you just want to keep going and not talk about this song anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, this is like this is really a reach, but at the very end. Of the, the fade around. out at the very end of the fade out, mm -hmm. um, there's some like crazy strings stuff that starts happening. Like there's this there's this violin that does this sort of like huge glissando up, but you can barely hear it. Mm. And then there's like it seems like they're getting into a new groove, but it's at the just the very very last moments. Damn. And I was just like, are is the studio? musicians like are they just like getting bored and just like starting to fuck around <laughs> yeah um i don't know so that was like something that was like i don't know if anyone else caught that mm -hmm. um because now our now we know by now our listeners are are listening to every Garth Brooks album. Oh, all the way through, it. multiple times. 
No spoilers. I got to listen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> got a real like protective Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 24 hour uh, limit before you can. Yeah. We got the media embargoes, the NDAs. Yeah. We got that all locked down <laughs> for these albums uh, from 26 years ago. I I wrote down that I this is reaching to I kind of like the bridge. There's some kind of nice piano Wait, the one moments. That's I guess. Uh, okay, that's the thing. There's a bridge in this song. <laughs> that's kind of fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's the one with the horrible lyrics, though. Like ashes on the water, I drift away in sorrow. Yeah, but I kind of like the melody the most in that part. Yeah, yeah, that is a and, better melody. It kind of goes somewhere a little bit. It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All right, Cameron. Bridge. I wonder up. if he's done. If he is like, did he get when he needed what? with this Bernie Bridges song? Can we, can we put this metaphor to rest? Oh, I doubt it. I really doubt it. I'm sure. Okay. I bet you five whole <laughs> American dollars that Burning Bridges as a phrase is going to show up on the next album. Ah uh, man, you don't know if I you just, can take like, that one, can I, you? I <laughs> I wish I wish I had the confidence to bet against you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to trust Garth after this album. So this next song, I like this song pretty good uh, because it's about a man who <laughs> murders someone with a truck. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Mama was a looker, Lord, that's a shining Papa was a good and rough and yellow sky Papa loved Mama, Mama loved me Mama's in the graveyard, Papa's in the bin Why does he murder someone with a truck, Cam? Uh, because, um, there's a few truck driver, truck driving songs in this, in this record, and, um, in this one, it's from the uh, perspective of the kids. Uh, I can only assume that this is a fictional song and that Garth's dad didn't really murder <laughs> his mom with a truck. Yeah. That's, I, I that's, when family, so. that's when family music nights ended. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's in the graveyard, Papa's in the pen. Yeah. So basically, um, Papa drives a truck... He's always away and he calls. He's like really steadfast about calling every night. But uh, the moment mama gets off the phone, she's like, all right, peace. I'm going to go, you know, get my rocks off. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shake those ovaries up. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Get someone to crush them guts. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're getting like just crude because we're just like trying to be like, at all charismatic or like charming about this, but we have so little to say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm fine with it. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the chorus is mama was a looker. Lord, how she shined. Papa was a good in, but the jealous kind, the jealous kind being a phrase that prop, uh, pops up a few more times mm-hmm. in this album. Um, Papa loved mama. Mapa lo- uh, <laughs> Mapa <laughs> loved Mamba. <laughs> pop <laughs> mom love pop mom pop <laughs> pa loved mimums <laughs> minnows love the pom poms 
this is don't, don't even lie. This is way better than actually talking about this song. <laughs> Uh, so the actual lyric isn't that much better. It's Papa loved Mama, Mama loved Meow. <laughs> uh, Mama loved Men, yeah. I guess, is what it said. I put it together with context clues, but he it sounds like he says, Mama loved Meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really draws it out. There's definitely a Y in there, and there's no N. <laughs> How many vowels does he put into Men? Like all the vowels. <laughs> Every vowel in order. <laughs> Yeah. Mama love and then Mama's in the graveyard, Papa's in the pen. Um, so that's that's when it's revealed that the shit went down. Mom died. Yeah. Uh, and like at that point, you know what's going to happen. Um, Papa comes home. Um, it's just us kids. He has roses and wine. Um, he was trying to surprise his family. Uh, but he realized mama wasn't home. So he like, you know, peels out of the, of the driveway, I guess with his diesel. Yeah. I mean, I think he's driving his rig, his 18 wheeler. Yeah. I guess diesel. He yeah. just like pulled it up <laughs> the driveway. I mean, I don't know. That yeah. that does tend to happen. A lot of, a lot of times long haul truckers will actually own their vehicles. What? That's yeah. so insane to me. It really is. What a crazy thing that still exists. Yep. All right. Um, so here's the, here's the end. Well, the picture in the paper showed the scene real well. Papa's rig was buried in the local motel. The desk clerk said he saw it all real clear. He never hit the brakes and he was shifting gears. Mm -hmm. And then it does the chorus again. Um, yeah, this is like a pretty fun song. Like it's got like a, a good groove. Um, mm -hmm. it's like a little faster. Um, I actually kind of like the storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. and f somehow the fact that he, <laughs> that he murders mom with a, a, a semi truck is like, I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought it was like, I, I don't know. It's like if, if he like strangled her or something, they would be like, ugh, what a gross song. But like, for some reason, like driving a semi truck through through a motel is like kind of hilarious to me. <laughs> so mm. I don't know. I I was There's, still kind of like unnerved by this song. It's I mean yeah. It's sort of a it's sort of a bait and switch. Like it's got these like crazy tragic lyrics. Like what the fuck yeah. is ha is going to happen to these kids after uh, Mom was in the graveyard and Pop is in the pen? Uh, yeah. Well, family music nights are over. I guess for for Garth Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> who this literally happened to? Right? Yeah, yeah, him himself. Yeah, uh, a couple of, like random, you know, stray observations. He does he does this like half hearted ow mm. in in the. Uh, I was going to point that out. Yeah, right before the solos, and it's like kind of back in the mix, and I feel like he's just sort of getting us ready for the next song. Where there's a lot of like a lot of owies, a lot of owies, yeah. a, a a lot of um, a lot of riffing and a lot of extra vocalizations. Ow. Yeah, overall, like this song, like was 
ultimately a little pick me up because I thought it was actually put together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood everything the entire time. Um, and it's like pretty well arranged. So yeah. it's super dark. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. It's another fable about the working person exploited by capitalism. You know they wouldn't be in this fix if they and the other people own the means of production. Yeah. So Cameron, do you want to tell me about the song The Shameless? Wait, didn't I talk about Pom- Papa Loves Mama? Oh shit, I have to synopsize this one. Yeah, you do it. God damn it, Shameless. Shameless is notable mostly for being a Billy Joel cover. Uh, yeah, that's funny because I said, is this a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover? <laughs> yeah, listen to it again and think Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, man. I'm I telling you. Uh, we need to like, is there like some sort of online uh, flea baseline generator that we can just like lay on top of this? <laughs> no, uh, it sounds more like um, they're like kind of like acoustic-y folky stuff. Like, um, Oh, I never listened I think to that, that. song. I think that song like My Friends or Aeroplane or like they had this whole like kind of jam band phase. Huh. I never I'm listened definitely, to those. I'm definitely not talking about Uplift Mofo Party Plan. I'm talking about what? like. Is that, a, the, is that an album? Yeah. It's like their first or second one. Okay. It's back when they were like actually like doing like funk punk stuff and there was no singing. Funk. There was no singing? What? Yeah, dude. I well, mean, there was rapping, but there's no singing. Today I learned I know almost nothing about Red Hot Chili Peppers before Blood Sugar Sex Magic era. Yeah, that was sort of the turning point. Everything after that was just like pop music. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm not a fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I was a super fan in high school because like you, I was an electric bassist. And yeah. that's what you like when you're a high schooler and you play electric bass. It is. I also yeah. got really into Rush and a little bit into Primus. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this song is a Billy Joel cover. It's not a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover. Um, the hook of the song, the sort of main idea, is that the singer is shameless in loving this woman. And what he means by that is that this woman has a huge amount of power over him. Uh, he has literally has lines that say, I have never let anything have this much control over me. I work too hard to call my life my own. Not counting you. Not counting you. And that that's pretty much it lyrically. Except, except, this is an interesting fact. There are no repeated lyrics in this song. Not even a repeating chorus. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's true. I mean, I said it. Um, also, there's this super, yeah, super so. weird, like the first verse has this super weird delayed echo on Garth's oh, vocals. Oh my God, I forgot about that. It sounds so bad and so dated. Yeah. And it comes right after a really cool pedal steel intro, too. Yeah. Um, and that, like, made me want to barf. The old barf garf. I'm when it comes to you, I'll do anything you want me to. I'll do anything. Hey, but the end of this song, though. <laughs> I think. Okay. I think okay i have to tell you a story I, yeah. I was listening to this song for the first time and i was like you know looking at the album credits or whatever and i was like oh this is a billy joel song so i stopped the garth brooks version and went and started listening to the billy joel version wait and this is actually a billy joel song yeah 
Yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah, guess what? This song was released, or this cover was released two years after the original. The original was released in 1989. Huh. Why the hell would you cover a song that's only two years old and do it in exactly the same way? Garth even, like, tries to sound like Billy Joel as a singer. Interesting. Also, it's not even a very good song. Um, no. But I, I stopped listening to the Garth version about, about a minute, minute and a half into it and switched to the Billy Joel version. And I wrote, original does have that key change. Two key changes! <laughs> uh, and, and I thought maybe it even has three key changes. The Billy Joel version. Does, Gar- does Garth's version have that many? Um, you mean like a, and now we take it up kind of thing? Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. I, I two honestly, three. I've started tuning those out. <laughs> there are so fucking many. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're like pretty pointless. There is a good like bridge key change. Oh, I forgot to say in against the grain, like the verse is in a different key than the chorus, which really? is just another reason why it's awesome musically. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, dude. It's like it it didn't, it's in it didn't make it like super obvious, which is to its credit. Yeah, it's like uh it always it it never goes up and up and up like the the cheesy keys change. It's it's like the way it's constructed, it changes keys in the form mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Like it's pretty cool. And this this song actually does it too for the bridge a little bit. Um but it's not as good. But but rock and roll though, Garth. Oh jeez. What about all that rock and roll, Garth? I hope we can look forward to these kinds of songs from Chris Gaines. <laughs> he uh he really reminded this song really reminded me of um Do you watch uh Flight of the Concords? Oh all? yeah, obviously. Do you know the song Tape of Love? It's like White paper, brown paper sticking together with a tape, the tape of love. The sticky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they do this whole like riff at the end. that's like paper, 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 paper. And they're just like trying to sing as raspy as possible. And it's like super fun. Uh, and that's basically what he's doing in this. He's doing like um, a parody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's doing a parody of the Billy Joel song, but it has yeah. the same lyrics as the Billy Joel song, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Shameless. Uh, last thing I have to say about this song is that Garth is—he's. I mean, he again shows his sort of progressiveness, and he's surprisingly on board with Cunnilingus. Those uh, those lines. Every time I see you standing there, I go down on my knees. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you, it Garth. could be a gay song. Is there any uh, <laughs> any indication that this is a woman? Uh, either way, go for it, man. Yeah, stand in your truth. <laughs> no, 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 Cameron, kneel in your truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, next. All right, cold shoulder. It's this is another trucking song. I wish I could hold her instead of hugging this old cold shoulder. But you don't know it at first. At first, it's just like 
painting a scene of a sort of domestic, warm, uh, loving environment. Um, uh, soft, slow music playing, soft candlelight. There's wine, her lips. I'm there in her arms. And then at the end of the verse, but it's all in my mind. Smash cut to <laughs> <laughs> the snow is piled high on the highway tonight. I'm a ship lost at sea on this ocean of white. 18 wheels anchored somewhere out of Dover. I wish I could hold her instead of hugging this old, cold, rolled, bold, gold, mold shoulder. <laughs> mm-hmm. This old, cold shoulder. Um, and then. I mean, there aren't that many lyrics. This old highway is like a woman sometimes. Mm. She could be your best friend, but she's the real jealous kind. There it is again. There it is. Uh, She's the lady that leads me to the life I dream of. The life of which I dream. She's the Mm. mistress that keeps me from the ones I love. She's a mistress. It's kind of weird. But yeah, basically, he's like stuck out on the highway Dover? Isn't that in Ireland? Well, there's lots of Dovers in the United States. I'm sure there are. New Hampshire, to name yeah. one. So, yeah, he's he's stranded, uh, and he's thinking about his lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't be there because of his mistress of the highway. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. But in spite <laughs> of that, in spite of that, I submit that these are... Some of the best, if not the best, lyrics that Garth has sung. Interesting. Um, at least, at least serious ones. Right. You wouldn't compare it to like uh, nobody gets off in this town. Right. Right. Um, the extended metaphor talking about this old highway as a woman, the way that it's phrased is pretty clumsy, but it's it goes along with the old cold shoulder um, right. pun metaphor. Right. Um, that is pretty clever. Yeah, that's really good. Because um, he's on the shoulder of a of a road, and it's cold because snow. Oh, what? I just got that now. What? That's country even genius. Extra layer. <laughs> um, country genius. Uh, I really like the hugging this old cold shoulder. Yeah. Um, because you can hug like the uh, in terms of like driving, hug the line on the side of the road or the shoulder. Um, but it also works with the literalized metaphor of the old cold shoulder. Um, yeah, it's a really good like lyrical hook. It's, You're totally right. It's the first song on the album to actually have one of these lyrical hooks that he's leaned on so hard in the last right, couple he, albums. Yeah, he usually tries really hard to like do something clever. Yeah. Um, and there's really not... I mean, what she's doing now kind of tries, but it's not very good. Yeah, yeah. And then burning Bridges... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, I doesn't mean, even try. It's not his cliche that he coined, right? You know, he tries to coin a bunch of cliches and make a bunch of metaphors and literary, like lyrical devices, like in his songs. But mm-hmm. that one doesn't count. But this yeah. one, yeah, you're totally right. It's very clever. Yeah, it's it's actually really good lyrically. Um, I I also really appreciated some of the musical touches. There's some great background vocals, um, some really good fiddling also, and and pizzicato strings, which I think I don't know. I don't know if I've heard pizzicato on um, Garth's albums before, and it just made me really hungry. And I wanted to order a pizzicato pizzicato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
to the life I dreamed of. She's the mistress that keeps me from the ones that I love. That's why you liked it, because mm. it ended with you eating pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Try new Domino's Pizzicato. We have sponsors now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by Domino's Pizza. Yeah, we sent them the demographics, and they're like, Man, this is uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a Venn diagram. It's a hoop, they told us. <laughs> I have one more thing to say about this. and Please. It, I might cut this out because it could end up being long-winded. Oh, boy. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me a lot of a one particular song by a guy named John McCutcheon. Do you know him? Name sounds familiar, but no. You gotta get in on this McCutch movement. I grew up listening to this guy because my mom was a huge fan. So, like, ever since I was a tiny wee babe, I wee babe, I listened to John McCutcheon songs, <laughs> and he's a folk singer. Um, and he has a song called "Cup of Coffee," which is about a trucker. Um, and it is. A much better song lyrically, um, <laughs> maybe musically too. And it's a cup of coffee down the road, a heavy heart and a heavy load. The lines, the lights, the red-eyed nights, the troubles I can lose. Well, I'm pulling loads and pulling time. Younger days would suit me fine. Now the I think you would really like this guy. He's most famous for his hammered dulcimer playing. He's Whoa. like he's a super like virtuoso, vir- virtuoso rather. Does he play like Appalachian music on it? Oh, he plays everything on it. He huh. also plays guitar, banjo, and he plays fiddle too. Um, Sounds awesome. Also, this motherfucker, Cameron, Cameron, fucking this motherfucker owns folkmusic.com and it's his personal <laughs> website. <laughs> That is an early adopter. Right yeah. There. Isn't that amazing? This motherfucker <laughs> bought folkmusic.com and right, made it, it up. his website. This better be the this better be the best goddamn website I've ever seen. I mean, it's all right. <laughs> but he doesn't even like try to make it a more generalized or like no, movement oriented. <laughs> it's just his website. And it's at folkmusic.com. You're right, that is a motherfucker thing to do. It's so bold and brassy. I mean, I, you got to admire the chutzpah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's a good song. I'll kind of like this next one. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, relatively well, speaking, if we're grading on a curve. It's not great. It's fine. But if we're There's grading on moments. the curve of this album, it's one of yeah. the better ones. You're totally right. Uh, we Bury the Hatchet. Um, is another attempt to do a clever thing. We bury the hatchet and leave the handle stick and bang out. We're always digging up things we should forget about. When it comes Briefly, it's a song about a couple that's always fighting, even over things that should have been settled already from 10 years ago. Um, the The main, like, idea of the song is expressed in the lyrics we bury the hatchet but leave the handle sticking out and an interesting fact is that both of them have cheated at some point in their relationship he was kissing on cindy 
Mm-hmm. And she was going down to the river with uh, Joe. Old Joe. Oh, sorry. He was an ancient, <laughs> decrepit old geezer. He, he, it doesn't say that he was kissing Cindy. It just says that he was kissing on her. Oh. No, maybe like he was kissing his, his, uh, his lady and they fell over onto Cindy. Oh, they were just both of them laying on top of Cindy making out. Yeah, and she's just mad at him for being clumsy. Well, if you let people walk all over you, eventually you're going to end up with them lying on top of you making out. <laughs> Got to stand up for yourself. And then he caught old Joe and the lady down at the creek um, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he he caught them a uh, a fish. <laughs> <laughs> a crawdad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they have those in Oklahoma. Is that where this is? It seems like everything's in Oklahoma. I mean, Garth's from Tulsa. Right. Yeah. Does Oklahoma make a, an explicit appearance in this record? Um, I th- seem to remember that. Um, but if it doesn't, it makes an implicit um appearance because of his garth's weird thing with rodeos Um, right in fact the song rodeo which great title um which is track (laughs) two on this album he tried to it was written by somebody and that person i forget the person who wrote it that person was trying to give it to trisha yearwood who eventually became garth's wife but Uh trisha yearwood is from georgia and garth has some quote about how he's like yeah they're not really into that in georgia So I begged to get this song because apparently like Oklahoma is way into rodeo and Georgia is not. I mean, like what else, what else do you do in Oklahoma? Alcoholism. Right. (laughs) Uh, There's some hilarious vocals in this. Oh yeah. Oh, he hit some low notes, which you should like. Mm, Get those low notes, Garth. That's the singer I want to hear. That big bottom. Hey, that I won't deny. But that's a long time ago. I let a dead dog lie. Oh, so he does a really weird thing uh, vocally at the end. Uh, and it's kind of bad, but silly. And then there's, <laughs> there's like a stupid James Bond jazz chord at the very end of this song mm. and it's completely unearned uh it's just like i don't know fuck it <laughs> again the session musicians got bored yeah they sh- they sure did there's some not bad lyrics in this song. There's I kind of these... like the, hey, we got an, enough on each gonna, other. I was just going to read those lines. You do it. No, no, I'm not saying that as like a reproach. I'm just saying that like... <laughs> we like the same things. Yeah, this is like the third yeah. or fourth time that's happened where we were. Yeah. I, you like pointed out lines that I was going to point out. Go ahead. No, you go. No, you hang up. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no. uh, hey, hey, we got enough on each... Hey, we got enough hey. on each other. It's like a little Kendrick Lamar. Hey, hey, we got enough on each other to wage a full scale war. Hey, if we could ever remember what we were fighting for. Hey. I remember you was conflicted. <laughs> Misusing About your influence. Kissing on Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> In summary, those are those are lyrics that are not bad. 
Oh man, we kind of derailed it with Kendra. I, I wish I wish it would be okay for us to have a, a podcast about listening to Kendrick Lamar's music. Oh, I don't think he fits our rules that we imposed upon ourselves. Also, societal rules. <laughs> I don't think it's okay. <laughs> He's just a maverick, Cameron. He breaks yeah. all the rules. <laughs> Folks call him the maverick. Well, it's he ain't too diplomatic. Um, so. This song strikes me as not being very country. It it almost makes me think it could be sort of a Randy Newman song, but again, he right. kind of he kind of verges into sort of honky tonk territory at times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna have more to say to respond to that. <laughs> uh, I. I mean, after that jazz chord at the end, after the James Bond chord, I'm just like, what is this song? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't yeah. think... Huh? Yeah, the whole, like, what genre Garth is in is, like, I don't know. He's just... He flirts with everything. Um, and everyone. And everyone. What a fun flirty dude. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Yeah, it's just fun and flirty. Look at just everyone t- like while you're listening to this, just go look at those album covers. Oh, he's so flirty. <laughs> he's got those uh, come hither eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we done with this song yet? <laughs> I mean, I say that as if I'm dismissing the song, but it's really one of the best on this album. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think you're right. I agree. In Lonesome Dove, lay it on me, Cam. In Lonesome Dove. All right, so this is like a story song, which I was just kind of, I was relieved by. It's not a perfect song, and there's some like kind of strange moments in it, but I was just like so ready for like a an effort in this album. So like by the time we got to this one, I was like, oh yeah, this is like a lot of effort went into this. Gives me something to mm. work with. <laughs> mm. okay. uh, is how I felt about it. So that being said it's not my favorite but uh so it talks about a a girl on a wagon train headed across the plains um uh train got lost the wagon train got lost in a summer storm <laughs> it's, it's hard to lose a train I don't... yeah <laughs> <laughs> like a locomotive um <laughs> just follow and the uh, someone someone comes and uh and saves the wagons um rounds them all up um train went on but she stayed in lonesome dove which i'm guessing is the town or region um and i'm it's implying that she stayed with this this savior of this wagon train like mm-hmm. he saved them and his bounty was this girl <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's got um, a real nice bounty on her yeah uh of she's got large tracks of land uh, a farmer's daughter with a gentle hand a blooming rose in a bed of sand gross um mm, what is that she loved, for she, she loved the man who wore a star a texas ranger known near and far so they got married and they had a child but times were tough in the west it was wild oh my god so it was no surprise the day she learned that her texas man would not return to Lonesome Dove. To uh, Lonesome Dove. This writing is so bad. It's a really... It's it's written so flat. Yeah. 
the writing is so bad. I mean, I appreciate, like you said, that he's taking some effort, or the songwriter, who is a woman, yeah. that she's taking some effort and is like telling a story with the song, which not many songs on this album do, but it's just such a bad, flat story. Yeah. And it's a little, it's a little confusing. So basically it's, it's assuming that, um, her husband, I guess at this point she thinks he's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, uh, Ooh, there's a troublesome lyric here. Oh yes. I know what you're going to say. Uh, back to back with the Rio Grande, a Christian woman in the devil's land. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. She learned the language and she learned to fight. Oh, man, my neighbors are going to love me for that. (laughs) But but she... (laughs) Yeah, your neighbors suck, dude. (laughs) Yeah. You barely have to try at all. (laughs) Uh, But she never learned how to beat the lonely nights in Lonesome Dove, Lonesome Dove. Um... So her boy grows up. Um, he had an angel's heart and the devil's hand. Ugh, that means he just masturbates a lot. I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, <laughs> um, so he becomes a Texas lawman, uh, and he's he's so good at it. Um, and then word blew into town uh, that the man who murdered his dad um, robbed a bank in Jericho and was going to pass through lonesome dove on his way to mexico and so uh he kills them Mm. um Uh, does he kill them did he though the legend tells to this very day day. the shots were coming from an alleyway though no one knows who held the gun I think that the implication is that she kills them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because the men lay at the ranger's feet and the ranger in this, uh, at this point is the son. Right. Yeah. But legend tells to this very day that shots were coming from an alleyway. I thought that this was implying that his dad actually was still alive. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> defend defend yourself. Well, there's no real indication elsewhere in the song that he survives. Um, and so much of the second verse hinges on the fact that her Texas man would not return to Lonesome Dove. Right. Um, so I think you'd have to give me a little bit more to be to convince me that um, he actually survived. Um, especially guess- because like. Apparently he's just been hiding out or something and hasn't even seen his family and just is hanging out in an alleyway for like 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Your idea makes a lot more sense because like, to me it was like, why is this song written by a woman that's like, seems to be about a woman, not about a woman at all, but just about her, her, uh, dead husband or is he dead? And, uh, and son, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, it's like, a story about men through a woman's perspective, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you're saying makes a lot more sense, but I, I don't know. I don't, I think, I don't think it earns it. I think it's kind of confusing. Yeah. I mean, no one knows who held the gun. There ain't no doubt if you ask someone in Lonesome Dove. Okay. Cameron, Cameron, I've held my tongue for this long. Right. Do you know what Lonesome Dove is? No. Okay. So Lonesome Dove was a novel 
which started out as a screenplay in the 70s, that was turned into a miniseries that aired in 1989. Is it just this? No, it's not. Oh. Because this is fucking, it's musical fanfic for the Lonesome Dove miniseries. <laughs> That's literally what it is. I, oh, I, w- I like went through the entire synopsis, the summary of the plot and stuff. This is not a story told in Lonesome Dove, the miniseries. Or at least if it is, it's not showing up in the uh, synopsis. Um, this song was recorded only two years after the miniseries aired. Huh. So for some reason, they decided that two years later, they're going to write a bunch of fanfic about <laughs> this miniseries. <laughs> Lonesome Dove is not a real place. It's a fake place from the miniseries. In Lonesome Dove, the yeah. TV show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's super weird. Gotta watch my stories. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma's gotta watch her stories. Yeah. All right. Christian woman in a devil's land. That's that's not self-aware, right? No, not at all. That's, that's just like really straight bad. up. <laughs> Colonialist, racist. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. Ugh. I mean, you could maybe make the argument that it the reason it's the devil's land is that the West is wild because there's no, like, uh, structure of government and that it's the devil's land because of these roving... Um, what what do they what do they call them? Banditos, uh, meaning white bandits. I was, I was trying to. Oh jeez, uh, the men who shot his father down, whoever, yeah. whoever they are, banditos or not. Um, yeah. See, I mean, you could make that argument, but it's, I don't know, it's really hard for me to hear that and not think, oh, it's the devil's land because of the fact that it was uh, belonging to the natives not that long ago. Right. And it's the, it's like hearing someone describe, uh, darkest Africa. It's like, well, yeah. Problematic. It's pretty bright there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. The fucking it's, Sahara. My, it's my general impression. Brightest Africa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Enough of this song. Last one, Cameron. The river. The river. And I will sail my vessel. Till the river runs dry Like a bird upon the wind I don't even really know how to synopsize this song. Um, I guess... This is... It's I, kind of anthemic. It's more of an anthem. I guess. It's sort of a song about living your life. It starts off with this uh, extended metaphor where the river is your dream. Um, but then it... It becomes, it, there's lines like, I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry. Like a bird upon the wind, these waters are my sky. I'll never reach my destination if I never try. So I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry. And, I mean, I think those lyrics are printed on a fucking motivational poster somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I guess this song is like some kind of extended metaphor about having dreams and chasing your dreams in your life. What I mean, can yeah, I just help? get it. <laughs> It's a song about getting it. <laughs> uh, getting that tree. Haven't you? Haven't you ever? <laughs> haven't you ever dared to dance the tide? Oh, I haven't. But now that you Garth would, said it, you I wouldn't think, know. I think I must. <laughs> I simply must. Uh, there's a there's a key change 
acapella. There's an acapella key change in this. It's kind of fun. I think it's the only earned key change in like any of the records so far. Hmm. It's like, all right, I'm into it. Wait, is that the one where it's some... like a breakdown of percussion and vocals only? Yeah. Yes, I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry. Hmm. I didn't really like that part. <laughs> That's also understandable. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought it sounded very cheesy and dated. Yeah, this this definitely sounds like like 90s hippie folk. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't listened to, like, Jill Stein's record, but I imagine that it sounds like this. What, Jill Stein <laughs> has a record? Yeah, dude. What? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. I hope it sounds at least as good as this does. Because <laughs> it does sound good. It is pretty. Uh-huh. You can't deny it's a pretty song, cheesy uh, as it may be. Is and, it? Is it a pretty song? Yeah, dude. Do you hear that that random clave that comes in every once in a while? Clave, dude. There's like there's the like a every like? every like fourth measure. There's a clave, and it goes. Yep. <laughs> Just that one little thing. <laughs> it's kind of pretty. Yeah. Huh. Uh, there's a there's a there's some like Jaco Pastorius esque uh, uh, bass harmonics. Really? Yeah, dude. I need to. I was gonna say I need to re-listen, but it's, I'm not gonna sounds, re-listen to this content now. Damn album. <laughs> and there's some, like you know stacked up, uh, stacked up, you know, harmonies that I think sound pretty good. Yeah. I don't like this song that well, and it, I have no idea what it's doing on this album. Yeah, uh, and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it used to be that the best songs on the album didn't belong on the album, but now we have a bad song that doesn't belong on the album. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's the last song. That's all you got, man. And this, this is the is one like... with the reference to God, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. There's bound to be rough waters and I know I'll take some falls, but with the good Lord as my captain, I can make it through them all. So that's like a really, really weird like turn in this Mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't feel religious at all. It just feels sort of vaguely like just vague hippie spirituality. Yeah. And like, that's like a really weird turn. And I feel like it kind of like undermines whatever the song was going for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The song really can't make up its mind (laughs) (laughs) Uh, about what it's about. Other than just being just like really just inspirational, go get it, ride that river dream. Oh God, oh man, this this album is rough listening. I mean, it opens yeah, so dude. strong musically, but with really bad lyrics. Morale's low. Morale's Morale low, is dude. Low. This is turn. This is turning into a punishment podcast. It really is. <laughs> oh jeez. This better just be okay. So let's talk about what we need from like to get Garf's. <laughs> We've have we been saying Garf this whole time? <laughs> I've been saying it sort of interchangeably. <laughs> okay, this is what we need to get Garf Garf's um for him to endear us to to yeah, us again to get himself to us again. back on our good side. Okay, I need some just like um some some well some well intentioned cute effort. That's what I need. Cute effort? You mean like something like nobody gets off in this town? 
it could be that or even just like not counting you, you know, like I need something like that. More, Mm. more of that kind of charm and like care and intention, even if it's silly. I, I think ultimately I need some more like silliness or cheesiness that's like endearing and cute. That's Mm -hmm. what I need in order to not quit this podcast. (laughs) 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 We're not just moving on. I'm quitting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I need some of that. Um, I need some like some hot, some more hot arrangements. I would really like him to get back into like, I don't know if there's some more bluegrass kind of stuff. I thought that was really exciting. Hopefully he flirts with that some more in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I think the things I need from him are more actions of omission rather than commission. Like he needs to fucking stop with the slow, low energy ballads about looking back. Yeah. Um, he really nailed it with every time that it rains, I get horny, uh, which is the full title (laughs) of that song, by the way. Um, but he just has so many really, really dull generic songs about like, I'm sad and stuff. And I look back and there's a girl and stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's so dull that I can't even just like get mad about the things that are offensive. (laughs) The dullness is more offensive. Yeah. Than the racism. (laughs) (laughs) To, to me. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> to you personally, as a white man. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no standout on this record. Yeah, uh, the other two albums had really like standout songs that were clearly elevated above the rest of the album. I think Papa Loves Mama is probably the best in terms of like music and lyrics. You're probably right. Yeah, I think that's the best one. But yeah, I don't, I don't like it as well. Yeah. Starting to get real tired of Garth's whole deal. All right. What I said earlier. Well, The Chase. Let's just like look at the titles of of next time. I don't know if... Have you listened to it yet? The Chase? No, I haven't. Okay. We Shall Be Free? Oh, I've listened to that one. And that is problematic. God damn it. Maybe. Okay. Hopefully it's at least entertaining. Somewhere (laughs) Other Than the Night, Mr. Right... Every now and then, walking after midnight, Dixie Chicken. I think you mean Dixie Chicks. Is it really Dixie Chicks? No, no. Okay, it's the name of the band. I don't know. I don't know how to how to trust AZ lyrics. Learning to live again that summer. Nights. Night Riders. Night Riders Lament. Is there more fanfic in this? Oh my god! (laughs) Does David Hasselhoff (laughs) show up and sing a verse? Uh, I don't know, dude. Oh, this is like another cowboy song. All right. So there's not a lot of interesting things on Amazon for this one. There is the... I really like looking at the top positive review and the top critical review. Great. Uh, For the top positive review, Kyle Hirsch writes, title, super awesome, two exclamation marks. (laughs) And he says, can you leave a bad review for Garth Brooks? (laughs) Bought the CD because Please? I, <laughs> bought the CD because I couldn't find Lonesome Dove anywhere. So apparently that's the best positive review this album got. Yeah, yeah it's it's sort of this like uh, 
shaky rhetorical question. Yeah, it sounds like a Can, bad. Is this a? Is it allowed to? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it, it sounds I'm like still a... just so high off no fences. <laughs> so let's move on to some song meanies. Um, for the song "The River," Music X Junkie writes, "This song makes me sad." I think it's been played at almost every funeral I've ever been to. Uh, Grumpy face. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's... Every funeral? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Why would you... Okay. Why would you play this at a funeral? <laughs> I mean, why would you play it? Period. That's yeah. That's number one. But... Why would you think a funeral is a, an appropriate place? Yeah, dude, I don't know. Um, I get... <sighs> <laughs> it's mystifying. Yeah. Man, I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry. Sounds kind of sexy. <laughs> Sounds kind of funereal. Yeah, man. Do you feel like... Do you think that... I mean, do you think Garth can pull out of this dip... Uh, man, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that he's just going to really lose his focus. I think Garth is going to keep experimenting mm -hmm. and he's, and he's just going to like kind of lose the plot. And I think he's going to unravel. That's what I think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that along the way he gets really good songwriters. Mm -hmm. Um, but to do it but we'll see mm -hmm. yeah that's what i hope i want Dwayne blackwell to show up again yeah which help us Dwayne. you're our only hope <laughs> exactly all right let's be done with this album yeah i'm nathan hunt <laughs> signing off saying like ashes on the water i drift away in sorrow <laughs> i'm cameron dewitt and i'm gonna go murder someone with a semi truck <laughs> <laughs> why not it's the weekend <laughs> Welcome to Beyond Fuck. <laughs> Shut your goddamn mouth, camera. The new Tantric podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Beyond the Fuck with your hosts Nathan and Cameron. I'm I'm still not beyond it. <laughs> I keep trying, but I can't. Uh, just not as aloof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! Try again. <laughs>